John the Baptist, a prophet, to teach people that Jesus really was God's Son and their Savior. John the Baptist was different from other people. His food was locusts and wild honey, and his clothes were made from animal fur. John was a good teacher. He taught the people to share their food and clothes. He also taught them about baptism. Do only good. Stop doing bad things, said John. Sometimes people thought John was Jesus. No, John would tell them. I have come to get you ready for Jesus. He is much greater than I am.
Singing about Jesus sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Jehoiada the high priest was full of days and waxed old. An hundred and thirty years old was he when he died. Jehoiada was loved by all Israel. He had done so much for them and for God that they honored his passing by burying him in the city of David among the tombs of the kings. Now the princes of Judah came before the king and made obeisance to him, and he granted them audience and hearkened upon their voices. And so, your majesty, it's our sincere and earnest plea that his majesty yield to the will of the people and restore unto them the high places and groves in which they can worship and make reverence to Baal. But Baal is a heathen god, no god at all, merely wood and stone images. But it is what the people want that matters, your majesty. They want to go back to the worship of Baal, as they did in the days of Ahaziah, thy father. And you, O king, art their leader, their champion and representative. Surely his majesty wishes the acclaim and respect of his people? Of course, but... The... Then we may order the restoration of the high places... But I was see... brought up in the temple of the God of heaven under the influence of Jehoiada. He taught me well reading unto the books of Moses. The Israelite God is the God of creation. He saved Noah and his sons from the flood. He led our father Abraham to a land of milk and honey. He delivered Moses and our forebears from bondage in Egypt. We he... argue not these points, your majesty. We merely urge the king to do the will of his people. And besides, O king, Jehoiada is dead. Thou art now the king. The power and glory of Judah is thine. Yes. All right, all right. You have my permission to let the people worship whomever they will. Thank you, your majesty. God save the king. God save the king. Son of Jehoiada, O ye people of Judah, why do you transgress the commandments of God? Why do ye forsake the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Israel and serve groves and idols? Know ye not that ye cannot prosper serving heathen false gods? The Spirit of God cometh upon me, and I am moved to thus reprimand you, urging you, ye people of Judah, to return to serving the Lord God your Maker. On the balcony of the palace nearby stood King Joash and his chief officer, watching the scene in the courtyard of the temple. He influences the people against me. That is treason worthy of death. See to it immediately. Will his majesty permit me to voice certain facts? Permission granted, but be quick about it. I want that traitor stoned to death by the people themselves. Now, down there in the temple courtyard... Uh, your majesty, Zechariah is priest to the most high God of Israel. He is the son of Jehoiada, who saved thy life when thou wert but a baby. He hid you for six years, then caused the crown of Judah to be placed upon thy head. Certainly, O king, thou wilt have mercy upon Zechariah. He betrays thee not, O king, but is merely trying to serve the one and only God of... He is a traitor to me, the throne to my power and influence. He must die. Go down there and give the people my command to stone Zechariah to death. You throw the first stone. Yes, your majesty. Thank you. 
but Captain, marching against Jerusalem, is it not foolish? I think not, Your Majesty. Well, I don't care what you think. I know from past history that we Syrians have been defeated by the Israelites without them ever losing a man. Their God intervened in their behalf. Ah, Your Majesty is hit upon their very weak point. Right now, they worship Baal and not the God that intervenes in their behalf. So what happens, Your Majesty? <laughs> Again, they will depend upon God, but he will not help them. And being unprepared for war themselves, <laughs> they and their cities will surrender to us with but a handful of soldiers. Oh, very well, Captain. Your request is granted. But you realize, of course, that if you are wrong and are defeated and the men of Judah take not thy head from thy shoulders, I will. Uh, yes, Your Majesty. I don't understand it. Now, why did God permit the Syrians with just a mere handful of men to destroy my officers and devastate Jerusalem? Why does God permit me to be ill? Why can't the court physicians cure me? Because we have disobeyed the Lord, forsaken him. We worship and depend upon a false god who is no god at all. Merely wood and stone. Get the court physician. Hurry. Yes, Your Majesty. He was brought up in the temple under the godly Jehoiada. Taught to honor and worship God. But as soon as Jehoiada was dead, he forsook God. How could he forget so soon? Where is the king? We have business with him. He's in there. You may speak with him, but only for a moment while I go to call the court physician. Now, just a minute. Uh, you and I have been close to King Joash, even closer to Jehoiada, who saved Joash from the wicked Athaliah. Joash has changed. He's even sunk so low in the mire of sin that he murdered the sons of Jehoiada. Now he's caused the smiting of our men, our holy city, and Jerusalem. Personally, I cannot forgive him for murdering the sons of his benefactor. Now, there was no harm in them. It was unjustified, wanton murder. I must hurry. He is in much pain, about to die. How right he is. King Joash is about to die. Well, he should pay for his sins against his God and people and country. We'll just make sure that he does. The wages of sin is death? Exactly. Let us go into the king, but not to cure his wounds. So King Joash came to an unnatural death, slain by two of his servants. They showed their contempt for their wicked king by burying him not in the sepulchre of the kings. During this period in the history of Judah, the kingdom was marked with violence and bloodshed. And since the evil reign and influence of the wicked Ahab, the rulers of God's people had been sowing the wind. Now they were reaping the whirlwind. And after Joash died in his bed at the hand of two of his servants, did Amaziah, his son, reign in his stead. Amaziah also died when his servants conspired against him. They buried him with his fathers in the city of Judah. Then all the people took Uzziah and made him king, and for many years he did that which was right in the sight of God. He built engines invented by cunning men and placed the engines in the towers upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones. And the name of Uzziah spread far abroad, for he was mighty and strong. 
But when he was strong and famous, his heart was lifted up in pride. Well, that was a great victory. I think I'll just go into the temple and burn incense to celebrate. Greetings, Your Majesty. Do you wish me to burn incense on the altar as a thank offering to God? No, I do not. I'm going to burn the incense myself. But, Your Majesty, only the priests are allowed to burn incense. I am king, and I will burn the incense if I want to. Don't tell me I'm not allowed. I am sorry, but I cannot allow it. Neither will the priests with me. I have a censer. I will burn my own incense. Get out of my way. Look, the king's left foot. The Lord has visited him with left foot. He did not serve God. And Isaiah was a leper until the day of his death. And being a leper, he dwelt not in the palace of the king. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. What do you see? Well, I see trees, grass, cars, buildings, and some kind of bird. Do you know that there are things out there that are so small that you can only see them with a microscope, and they can kill you? Are you trying to cheer me up? They're called germs, and there are a hundred million of them right out there just waiting to make you sick. I'm already sick. That's why you came to visit me. I was reading in a book that there is something we can do to fight those germs, and I'm not talking about medicine or getting a shot. Do you know what that is? Close the window? We can be happy. Happy? You mean as in ha-ha happy? That's right. When we have a positive attitude and we aren't grouchy or angry all the time, we help our bodies fight germs because our immune system is working harder than when we're sad or depressed. So are you happy, Sam? I was until you started talking about germs. King Solomon said that happiness can fight disease. Solomon? The Bible guy? Yes. I learned a Bible verse last year that says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17.22. What do you think about that? I think I need to lie down again. I feel my bones drying up. Well, you just go to sleep and I'll come back and visit you later. Sam, I've got to make you happy so you can heal faster. You're a true friend, Rico. Like the Bible says, he who lets a sick friend sleep makes his bones better. Where's that found? Sam 5-2. I thought so. 
God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Have you ever been asked to be in a wedding? Maybe someone wanted you to be a junior bridesmaid or an usher. Maybe they wanted you to light the candles or spread flower petals. If you have, you know how crazy the wedding planning and rehearsals can be. That's what Maria finds out in this shoebox kids mystery. This time, Maria has a real problem. She's excited about being in her aunt's wedding, but everything is going wrong. Should she refuse to be a junior bridesmaid? Can you figure out what happened to Maria's missing dress before she does? Chapter 10. Call the police, quick! Chris stared at the open diaper bag. Suddenly, he was very serious. He didn't take your dress, Maria. He took Yo-Yo's doll clothes. Maria couldn't believe Chris. Even she knew what had happened now. Some detective you are, Chris, she said, rolling her eyes. But what did I say? Chris asked innocently. Can't you see what's in the bag? He's got all Yo-Yo's doll clothes. I'm sorry, but I have no idea how Yo-Yo's doll clothes found their way into our diaper bag, Dan said. By the way, my name is Pastor Hill. Chris's eyes got even bigger. Now he's trying to pretend he's Pastor Hill. We've got to call the police. Sammy shook his head sadly and put his hand on Chris's shoulder to keep him from running to a phone. Maria could tell that Sammy wanted to laugh. It appeared as though everyone but Chris knew what had happened. But if Chris didn't figure it out soon, she was afraid he really would call the police. Maria, are you in there? Is Pastor Hill in there? Mrs. Vargas asked from the doorway. Jenny moved from in front of the door and she nudged Sammy and Chris out of the way too so Mrs. Vargas could come in. Mrs. Vargas looked puzzled. I'm glad I found you, Pastor Hill. Suddenly she stopped talking when she thought to wonder why everyone was packed in the baby room. What are you doing in here, Maria? I was looking for my dress. But in here, Mrs. Vargas asked. Maria pointed. We thought he took my dress and hid it in the diaper bag. Maria knew what she said didn't sound very good. Moms always wanted explanations to sound reasonable. He said he was Pastor Hill, Mom, Chris announced. Maria rolled her eyes again. Jenny finally snickered, and Sammy looked like he was just about ready to give up. Mrs. Vargas smiled and sat down. Maybe I deserve an explanation about what is going on, she said. Maria? First of all, Maria knelt down. May I have your doll suitcase, Yo-Yo, she asked. Yo-Yo silently gave Maria her pink suitcase. Maria laid it on the floor and opened it. But, Chris stammered, but he couldn't finish his sentence. Maria held up her pink dress and gave it to her mom. Then she looked at Yo-Yo. Why did you take the dress, Yo-Yo? Yo-Yo wanted to cry, but she held it in. I didn't want you to have to wear the dress if you didn't want to. She sniffled and rubbed her eyes. So you took the dress and hid it so I wouldn't have to be in the wedding? Yo-Yo nodded. I'm sorry. I just wanted to be your best sister. Maria hugged Yo-Yo. You are my best sister, Yo-Yo. Now we should apologize for causing all this trouble. Maria stood up. 
I'm sorry for thinking you took my dress, Pastor Hill, Maria said. Pastor Hill smiled, Mrs. Hill smiled, and Maria thought their little baby was smiling too. Yo-Yo wiped her eyes and looked up at Pastor Hill. I'm sorry, she said. Finally, Maria turned to Chris. Have you figured it out yet? She could tell her brother was still puzzled. I guess so. Yo-Yo didn't think you would have to be in the wedding if you couldn't find your dress, so she took her doll clothes out of her little suitcase to make room for your dress. But she didn't have any place to put the doll clothes, so she stuffed them in the diaper bag, Chris said. Right, Maria said. What don't you understand? You still look confused. Chris sighed in exasperation. Why is everyone calling him Pastor Hill? Oh, Maria laughed. So you can't always solve a mystery, huh? So? Maria couldn't stop laughing. This Pastor Hill is our Pastor Hill's brother. Our Pastor Hill is sick and can't talk, so he asked his brother to take his place. That's what he was talking about on the phone when we overheard him. And he is the same man who called that day my dress came. Now it doesn't seem so strange that he said he was Pastor Hill when Pastor Hill was outside talking to Mom at the same time. Suddenly, Mrs. Vargas jumped up. Oh, my, we better get you dressed, Maria. You had the most beautiful wedding in the world, Angie, Maria said at the reception. You were so beautiful. It all did turn out perfect, didn't it? Angie smiled. And I'm especially glad you found your dress. Maria shook Uncle Ben's hand, but before she went to get her juice and a piece of cake, she whispered in Angie's ear, Thank you for asking me to be in your wedding. Angie just smiled. Maria, over here, Jenny called from a table in the corner. Balancing her cake and trying not to spill her juice, Maria made her way to the table. It was just perfect, Jenny said. Everything was beautiful, and so were you, Maria. Chris and Sammy rolled their eyes, but Maria could tell by their smiles that they thought it was a nice wedding, too. She blushed a little, then changed the subject so everyone would quit looking at her. I'm sure glad we didn't call the police to arrest this, Pastor Hill, she said to Jenny. He's really nice, and that baby Tracy is so cute. Oh, Chris, Pastor Hill was looking for you. Chris chewed one edge of his lip. What did he want? Was he mad at me for calling him a thief? Maria shrugged. I don't know. Maybe he's just being friendly. Chris looked around nervously, then stood up. I'm through eating. Come on, Sammy, let's go. Go where? Sammy asked through a mouthful of cake. Just anywhere, Chris answered as he dragged his friend out of the room. Do you think Pastor Hill is really mad? Jenny whispered. Maria laughed. No, I think he's going to ask Chris to help him take care of our Pastor Hill's yard this week. I was just playing a joke on Chris. They both stared as Chris and Sammy peeked around one edge of the doorway to the hall. As the boys ducked down to sneak away, Jenny giggled. Poor Chris. I hope he figures it out before too long. Maria, your aunt had a beautiful wedding once the wedding part started. Before that, I thought it was going to be a disaster. Maria nodded. It almost was. First, I didn't like the dress. Then I couldn't find the dress. Then Chris wanted to arrest the pastor. I never thought Yo-Yo would do something like that just to help me. I'm just glad it's all over, Jenny said. Who knows what will happen next around here? You never know, Maria agreed with a shake of her head. You never know. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 6, The Wedding Dress Disaster, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com 
or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.